0: So, as Meg pointed out, we have another story about a tax collector today. This makes two weeks in a row where we have a story featuring someone in that profession. And it's two weeks in a row where we see Jesus' love and compassion for them. Last week, Suzanne preached on a story just before this one in the 18th chapter of Luke about the Pharisee and the tax collector. the first one who boasted to God about how much he did, while the other one acknowledged and bewailed his sinful nature. Not that Pharisees were universally loved, but they certainly carried more respect than one of those traitorous, money-hungry tax collectors. Luke doubles down on the image in today's passage. Now, I certainly believe with all my heart that the words of Scripture to be true, and I believe much of it really happened also. I don't think Jesus created the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector just out of the blue, but something he probably saw firsthand or maybe learned about from a trusted friend. And in the same way our friend Zacchaeus most likely existed— and had a conversion experience by the presence of Christ. I also think that Luke, because every writer has an agenda, Luke goes out of his way to highlight all of Zacchaeus's shortcomings, for lack of a better term. And maybe you remember the song from Sunday school in chi- when you were a child, or maybe you didn't learn this until you were an adult. But the song goes... Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see and when the Savior passed that way he looked up in the tree and said Zacchaeus you come down for I'm going to your house today I'm going to your house today So, we have this fun little ditty that you'll probably be humming the rest of today, and maybe into Tuesday, that yes, introduces the story to younger followers of Jesus, or maybe adults who learned it after college, uh, and would-be followers of Jesus, but also gives us a reminder of the very personal nature of Jesus' ministry I'd really love for us to be able to see the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus as an example, a model for the mission of the church in a broken world. Our prayer book defines the mission of the church is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. And we pursue that mission as we pray, worship, Proclaim and promote justice and peace and love. And it is us, the people of the church, the members of the church, that carry out that mission. It is our task, our call, to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus in helping that restoration happen. We have to be open to others being like Christ to us when we are in need of restoring too. Zacchaeus had all the trappings of one who was so far on the margins that most would have given up on him. Tax collectors, especially in the regions that Jesus was traveling on his way to Jerusalem, were most often Jews, and they were working for the Roman Empire who occupied God's land at that time. This story takes place in Jericho, known as, from another song that I won't sing. <laughs> and in Jericho, it was this bustling, busy business section of town where a crossroads of the region. So there would have been a lot of tax collectors because there would have been a lot to collect and a lot of people to collect it from. Zacchaeus, Luke tells us, was a chief tax collector. It's the only place in the New Testament where we have that phrase. And it likely means that he had many or at least some others working under him. Maybe they were all out in the streets and, and w- walking the neighborhoods collecting taxes, or maybe it was those under him who were doing the dirty work, and Zacchaeus was just counting the coins in the office. Either way, he would have been plenty wealthy, even if he hadn't cheated and bent the rules but he himself tells us that he has defrauded people. So he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And Jesus and the Gospels have a lot to say about the rich, especially those who hoard their wealth, and none of it is good. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was rich. And since things come in threes, what we don't often talk enough about is that Zacchaeus was short. Not everyone is blessed with height. But scholars of the time say that most of the people, especially short men, were seen as some, having some sort of deformity, something wrong with them. Short men were the butt of the joke in Greek humor. They were the butt of the joke in Shakespearean humor, too. If his shortness was considered a malformation of his birth, he could have been excluded from synagogue life or temple life, which was to be excluded from the community, much like a leper or the woman who was bent over for 18 years, or the the woman with the bleeding disorder, or the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts. And if Zacchaeus, because of a birth malformity, was excluded from synagogue and temple life, then maybe we can understand why he became a tax collector. We've taken that moment of him climbing the tree and made it into a cute, sweet little children's song. But Luke, I think, would be appalled by that. Don't think he saw it that way. It was just another mark against Zacchaeus. This powerful Roman authority scrambling up a tree, scurrying ahead of the crowd like some animal, some creature. Can you imagine some other local official doing that? Can you imagine having a parade going by and seeing a mayor city council member, somebody like that doing something almost silly like that. Which, of course, made his redemption, made being pulled back by Jesus all the more powerful. It was also really bold of Jesus, by the way, to invite himself to Zacchaeus' house. It was slightly outside of the custom, but then again, so much... So Again, so was a prominent rabbi dining with sinners and tax collectors. The mission of the church is lived out through the ministry of all its members. In this amazing and complex story, we see the graceful and grace-filled presence of Jesus restore this lost sheep of Abraham. Maybe Zacchaeus can serve as an example to each of us To examine our professional, our financial, our outward living lives and pray about how our lives are helping to restore all people to unity with God. Maybe it's just one person at a time. The other angle that this graceful and grace-filled presence of Jesus can and should do is call us to examine and possibly change the way we view others to check our assumptions and privileges, to muster the will to be more generous and just towards others. Zacchaeus proves to be an unexpected role model, much like the Good Samaritan, much like the the Syrophoenician woman who was looking for healing for her daughter. If we can stay alert and abandon our judgmentalism, we'll be able to see all the places where God's love and mercy can break through. Just imagine what the world, just imagine what the church, both the Big C Church and and this church, imagine what our communities would be like if our witness to Christ restored unity between God and humanity. Imagine if we could restore it four times over like Zacchaeus pledged to do. Just imagine what our world and the church and communities would be like if if our witness to Christ stood up for the marginalized. If our witness to Christ stood up against hateful words. If our witness to Christ stood up for those on the edge of our communities. That, that That is what makes a church love the way Jesus loves. And that is a world that I want to work for and a world that I want to live in. And I hope and I pray that you do too. And I hope it's something that we can all continue to work on together.